a look at the math changers for this Dolphins-Chargers matchups on both sides of the ball for both teams, the riddles that they will face for each other, and how the Dolphins can try to manipulate those questions to get a victory on Sunday. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Wednesday, September 6th, 2023. I'm your host, Cal Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase on last-minute tickets with the lowest prices guaranteed. Today on the show, uh, exploring the realm of math changers from an NFL perspective. And this is a, a, a theory that Joe Marino and I, throughout the course of our journeys together in studying NFL teams and doing NFL draft evaluations uh, for the better part of a decade together, uh, it's been uh, a term that we're quite fond of. And there's good players, there's great players, and then there's math changers. And math changers, the idea of a math changer is a player who offers you something on your roster that changes the numbers of how opposing teams have to play you. And this, of course, cuts both ways. The Dolphins have their own math changers and the Chargers have their own math changers as we get ready for this contest. And the objective today is to look at who are the players who are going to be on the field who change the numbers for the opposing side. And that could be a running back. It could be an offensive lineman. It could be a defensive lineman. It could be a wide receiver. It could be a quarterback. It's the players who, what you would draw up on the chalkboard it's not necessarily going to work that way because of the supreme talent and special ability of the players in question. So we're going to start with the Dolphins' defense versus the Chargers' offense. The first thing you have to do is you have to identify who are the math changers on either side of the football when the Chargers have the ball. When the Chargers have the ball, I think there are three cornerstone players you can point to as math changers, and then there is... Another player who is, in my mind, fringe. Um, I don't know that you you would say that there's been the consistency necessary to classify him as a, a bona fide math changer, but I would say Rayshon Slater at offensive tackle, Justin Herbert at quarterback, and Keenan Allen at wide receiver are math changers. Now, the question uh, for Miami is how do you mitigate the challenges that they present and they have their own math changers that they can, can implement. I, I would say Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins are math changers up front and Javon Holland is a math changer. I think a healthy Xavier Howard has the uh, case to be made to be a math changer, of course, with his ball hawking capabilities. But uh, I think the chargers fringe player is Mike Williams because Mike Williams from a math changing perspective, 50, 50 balls aren't 50, 50 balls when you're throwing them to Mike Williams. Uh, but but I do think the first element of this matchup, if I'm Miami, is I'm probably putting Howard on Mike Williams and relying on his coverage ability and his renewed athleticism with him being healthy again 
to match up. And if you want to call that a wash and say, well, it's fringe math changer versus fringe math changer. Okay. <laughs> then you can do that. And then, then it becomes three on three Wilkins and Phillips and Holland against Herbert and Slater and Keenan Allen. And I think what is fun is that there's three and three. So from the Chargers perspective, how Justin Herbert changes the math is with the combination of the athleticism and the arm strength that he has, uh, the entire field is at access to him, regardless of where he is in his progression, where he is in his drop, and where he is with his ability to extend plays. Uh, he can shoot 60-yard ropes down the field, and you cannot fall asleep on him uh, because he, he might be rolling to his left, but he has the arm strength to get that ball there, and you cannot take that element of his game for granted. So typically, if rules are, hey, he's, he's going to go away from his throwing arm and get off his spot, you can kind of squeeze and compress the field a little bit. You have to be a little bit more resistant in doing that. And that ability changes the math of how you space the field on outside of structure plays. For Rayshon Slater, uh, he's a player who you generally perceive that you can leave on an island against anybody. And that allows you to manipulate your protection, where you may slide your protection towards a stud pass rusher. If you have Rayshon Slater on the field, you can say, we're going to let you operate in a one-on-one -on -one situation and trust you in the same way that the Dolphins would probably hope Xavier Howard would handle Mike Williams. Uh, we will trust you to lock this down and create a net neutral because a net neutral against a stud pass rusher with a stud offensive tackle is a win for the offense. So I think that's where Rayshon Slater really creates his value is what he allows the Chargers to do in protection in turning the center and potentially your left guard away from him from allowing that extra eligible to get out into routes instead of having to sit and chip on a defensive end and then just be relegated as a check down. And then I think from Keenan Allen's perspective, the, the, the math changing ability is it's really hard to just man him up because he's such a good route runner. He, he's an elite, elite route runner. He is top shelf in the NFL with his ability to run routes and create separation. Now, I think there's, there is some question to be explored with, with Keenan Allen with, is he as twitchy and explosive as he once was? But guys who are elite route runners like this usually age fairly gracefully because it isn't about the athleticism. It's about setting up my break. It's about selling you something and then doing something else. Well, from Miami's perspective, um, you have the potential to put another math changer on math changer and say, okay, Rayshon Slater meet Jalen Phillips and we will bet on our guy to beat your guy. Or you could say, Hey, Bradley Chubb, you're going to have the absolute bear matchup. And we want you to stress Slater in the ways that you can, but we're going to take our math changer and put him on the other offensive tackle. Well, that that's a decision the dolphins have to make. And if it were me, I think Bradley Chubb is a good enough player that he could still challenge and create wins against Rayshon Slater. I would want Jalen Phillips rushing against Trey Pipkins. Personally, I would want the math-changing player on defense to be going against a player who's an adequate level starter at the NFL, but he's not an elite player. And the reason why is now the chess match has to go both ways. What Rayshon Slater gives you on one side of protection, if you have a math-changer on the other side of the line of scrimmage coming off the other side, well, now suddenly you might feel obligated to leave that back in and run more six-man protections. And now you can't stretch and space the field 
to the same degree for in rhythm passing because the back is not the fifth eligible who's out in space. So now you might be running with four eligibles and then a late check down. You might leave the back in altogether. You might leave the tight end in altogether. So that for me is, I, I think from Miami's perspective, where I think there's value in saying, hey, we're, we're going to let the guy who is our best pass rusher, and I think that is Jalen Phillips, rush off the side against the lesser tackle. Because I think you run more of a risk of having your own math-changing player be eliminated if you put him against Rayshon Slater. Well, Christian Wilkins in the middle. Uh, he's got Zion Johnson and Jamari Salyer as your guards. For Miami, you, you'll see Raquan Davis in the nose lined up over Corey Lindsley. Lindsley's a quality starter. I think that's a matchup the Chargers would probably like. But I do think both the guard spots are where Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins uh, can really challenge. I think from Christian's perspective, as a run game defender is where he changes the math. If you're going to leave him in a one-on-one situation, he's too good at the point of attack uh, to expect to consistently run at and have success. He can get into gaps. He can penetrate. He can lock peak shed. He can get off of blockers. Uh, he can discard you with his hands. Uh, and I, I think for Miami's perspective, I don't think it really matters as much as Jalen Phillips does with Christian Wilkins. I, I like the matchup either way against either Zion Johnson, who Christian had some really, really good reps against last year, or against Jamari Sawyer on the inside. So that's the chess match. I, I did not mention Javon Holland. I, I think where Javon Holland changes the match, uh, changes the math is with his versatility. He can play high post. He can play half field coverage. He can play in the nickel. His versatility changes the math for getting up and having a pre-snap picture. And that compounded with what Vic Fangio attempts to do defensively with this vanilla presentation of his defense. I think you can, that's why we're all expecting to see Javon Holland have more of an impact this year because there's no personnel tell with Javon Holland in alignments uh, because he can do so much and he can do so many different things. So it's not a matter of, okay, eight is lined up in the overhang we're probably going to get this coverage. I think you you have the potential to see a lot of really uh, exotic rotations from this Dolphins defense that uh, might fly in the face of, of traditional conventional wisdom with less dynamic players in those spots. So I think there's a chess match on the back end. I think there's a cognitive decision to be made on who you have Jalen Phillips rush against that would impact the Chargers' ability to space the field. And then there is the interior game uh, with Christian Wilkins, which you're hoping forces the Chargers to do what they did last year and be one-dimensional. You just want to have more success when you have to play coverage against the, the Chargers versus what happened last year. And then from the Chargers' perspective, Keenan Allen, really hard to justify a lot of vanilla man coverage against him because of how good of a route runner he is. I think that's where you'll see the, the, the Dolphins implement some Zeus or roll luggage coverage. Uh, from Vic Fangio, which are coverages that are split field coverages designed to get a effectively a double team, a clouded up press corner that you could either play man or you can zone and then have a safety that is designed to sit over top and provide vertical help. So you can jam, beat up, and uh, delay the release of the receiver. And then in theory, you squat underneath of him and sink. 
And then there's the safety over the top to bucket and catch whatever stem you end up getting, but the timing will be disrupted. So as I think about what Miami is hoping to do against the players that I would classify as the math changers when the Chargers have the ball, their own, the Dolphins' own math changers coming into play here as well, that's the really fun chess match of the game. And if the Chargers are going to have a really, really, really successful offensive day, ideally, your objective would be to make sure that it is not the math changers. You want to take away the bread and butter of what the opposing team does and force them to beat you some other way. And if they do that, then you tip your cap. We're going to talk about the Dolphins offense against the Chargers defense. Of course, there's a lot of eyeballs on that element of this game because of how last season went. We're going to talk about that next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. But before we go any further on the show, no matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life with a price that you will love from their legendary high-quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion. Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. A smooth shave should not be rough on your wallet. The starter set is a $13 value for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. It includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Scheduled delivery for refills as low as $2, half of what you will pay for other blades. There's no reason not to try Harry's. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, and they're still offering a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Get your best shave this summer with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. So when the Dolphins have the football, who are the math changers for this game? The way that I have it graded up. The Dolphins have two math changers in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell at wide receiver. This, of course, is the Dolphins' offensive superpower. The Chargers did a nice job in playing super physical with those two guys last year. Uh, there were a number of tough catches over the middle of the field and tough catches in traffic in which those two guys did not have a lot of separation, and there was a lot of tight window throws uh, within the first 15 yards downfield. Tyreek Hill did have the 60-yard touchdown reception, beating Michael Davis, who slipped in the coverage. Uh, for one of the Dolphins' touchdowns, of course, Tyreek Hill had the other one on a fumble uh, that was returned for a touchdown in the first half. So kind of a weird game in that regard. Uh, but I would definitely classify the duo of Hill and Waddle as a duo of math changers. There is the potential of another math changer, I think, playing offensively, and it's Teron Armstead. Uh, if he's out there, it, of course, and we've all seen the metrics, We've all seen the impact. We've all seen the uh, pass rush efficiency. We've seen the pressures and the sacks and the yards per play. If Teron Armstead's out there, it is a win for the Dolphins. It is. There's no sugarcoating. If Teron Armstead does not play in this football game, uh, then you are, uh, I, I think you have a higher floor than what you did last year because once Austin Jackson went down and then Teron Armstead went down and you had Greg Little and, uh, Brandon Shell is your starting tackles at stretches last year. I think Kendall Lamb's a higher floor player uh, than, quite frankly, either of those two tackles last year that were just mentioned. But if you want to change the math, especially with a duo of pass rushers for the Chargers, that you can make a case to be math changers themselves, I think the Chargers have three math changers on defense. 
I think it's Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and Derwin James. Um, Bosa dealt with some injuries last year. Khalil Mack didn't live up to his Sterling reputation, but we are entering into week one, and these teams are as healthy as they're going to be with the players that are on the field all season long. So from Miami's perspective, even with Teron Armstead, you're still, just like the Chargers, when the Chargers have the ball, going to have a pass rusher potentially going up against a adequate level starter, and that's probably as high as you'd put Austin Jackson based off what we've seen. Now, there's been some promising signs of growth in the preseason, uh, but I would generally, I'd put him back into an incomplete evaluation bucket with just how little he played last year. This is technically his third season because he played, what, 80 snaps in two games last year, and that's it. So, bit of an unknown at that tackle spot. I think Austin probably gives you some some better appeal in the run game than what Brandon Shell did last year, but from a pass protection standpoint, you're not liking that matchup either way. And that's a math changer on the other side. For those same reasons that Jalen Phillips is, uh, your protection usually sends extra bodies of the way of either one of those two players in Khalil Mack and Joy Bosa. The problem is they have both of them on the field. So I don't think... Here, here's where the math-changing elements of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell can help, the math, help negate the math-changing elements of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And we've talked about this a little bit throughout the course of the offseason. With the dynamic speed of those two players, what you can do is you can space the field with fewer players in the same way that you would if you were running empty protections or four-man out into eligibles, which means, hypothetically, you can run out of 12 personnel or 21 personnel and have Alec Ingold in the game and have two wide receivers on the field that are Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. You can have a tight end on the field and you can have two backs. And with those two players in 10 and 17, their speed element can space the field and command respect as if you were in 11 personnel, hypothetically, or sometimes if you were, depending on if you put them on the same side of the field versus uh, different sides of the field, you can space it like 10 personnel where you really get a lot of space. And what that does is allows you to keep extra bodies in protection. I think you have to throw extra bodies if you're going to hold the ball. What we know about this Dolphins offense, they like a lot of play action pass. They like a lot of horizontal flow. You'll see some power pass action where they will pull the guard. And that's what tried to ha- we saw try to happen in the preseason when Will Anderson blew up Skylar Thompson. It was a power pass where the guard is looking to pull this backfield penetration uh, from the, the defensive tackle. The guard never gets out there. Will Anderson, it's a free run at the quarterback. I would per- personally, I'd throw those plays in the trash this week. I would not do them. It, for me, it is not worth trying to sell power run play action pass with pulling guards blocking on the edge against these two guys. Because in isolation, if you had just one of them, you could do it away from that player and send all of that horizontal flow in the direction of that math changing defensive end that changes the math because you want to send extra players that way. Extra bodies, extra traffic. But then you're leaving a math changer on the backside with a pulling guard and a tight end. And the guard that's pulling is coming from the other side of the formation. It's just a really, really 
high risk look that I would not run. Now, if you want to run a weak zone lead or outside zone lead, and you want to run the ball at these guys with a fullback lead that's helping to double and and create movement on that player, and then you want to play action off of that, and you want to run lead action off of that, I think that that's a little bit more of an appealing world for me to live in. Uh, and when you want to run the ball, you want to run long trap. And this is courtesy of uh, Bobby Peters' 2022 Miami Dolphins Complete Offensive Manuals. Excellent study for those of you who are interested in the X's and O's of this offense. If you want to run long trap and you want to use a guard to, to kick out that defensive end, that's either Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack, and you want to create all that extra wash on these players like Joseph Day and Morgan Fox and Austin Johnson and get up into the lap of linebackers like Kenneth Murray and Eric Kendricks. I think that offensive line having that kind of wash and then a kick out from a guard who kicks out in the run game, I think is a much more appealing element. Now, the challenge, of course, is if you're going to have that run action in, you'd ideally like to have some play action passes off of that. How about some screen passes off of that? I think the Dolphins negating the math-changing components of Mac and Bosa as a pass rush duo is really going to be rooted in the scheme of what the Dolphins do, although the talent of the two wide receivers does allow you to space the field as if you had more players out on the field because of the respect that they command. Now, if they come out, if the Chargers come out and say, well, we're not really going to respect it, we're going to crowd you like they did at times last year, I think that's where you'll see some bunch sets. You'll see jet motion. Uh, you will see uh, the Dolphins creating more rubs over the middle of the field to try to create runaways against man coverage. And that's, uh, or, or you can get the backs more involved in the passing game. I think those are the elements for Miami that have to be different. Uh, we'll talk about the additional math-changing element of defensive back Derwin James uh, before we get to some updates on the depth chart, which the Dolphins dropped one yesterday and everybody lost their minds over here today on Locked on Dolphins. Perhaps you want to go to the game. You want to get in on some of this action yourself. It is, of course, football season. It's a very exciting time. Uh, but you hate the production of getting ready to go to games. Game time has you covered. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all of the fun that you're going to have. It is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. They allow you to see images of your seat so you know exactly what you're signing yourself up for when you put your butt in a seat at an event. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you are set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your emails while you're trying to work your way through the kiosk. Snag tickets without the stress at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. So from a math-changing perspective, I, I we didn't really get into Tron Armstead, and we didn't really get into uh, Derwin James. From Tron Armstead, kind of the exact same foil that happens on the other side of the ball with Rayshon Slater. If Tron Armstead's in the game, you can leave a math changer on a math changer and bank on him to create stalemates. 
that in turn then schematically gives you the flexibility to attack the other math-changing defensive end. The chess match that goes on behind that in the same way that exists with uh, the Dolphins and Javon Holland is Derwin James, although I do think there's some differences in who the other safety is. Uh, Alohi Gilman as the other safety for the Chargers is a player who has traditionally been a little bit more like Brandon Jones. We'll see if Brandon jo- or, or when Brandon Jones played for Brian Flores. Uh, we'll see what Brandon Jones looks like, assuming he gets out on the field on Sunday against the Chargers. But I do think Deshaun Elliott does probably give you a little bit more versatility than what Alohi Gilman does. So that's where I think you can you you just have to get up to the line of scrimmage and identify where Derwin James is. Is he going to be on the roof of the defense? Is he going to be on the second level? Is he going to be walked up, mugged up on the line of scrimmage? And what your coverage presentation looks like pre-snap versus post-snap, there's going to be a lot of work that's required. Um, And the challenge for Miami is going to be not falling into the trap of setting your call uh, completely. If you're going to bail on certain play calls because of where Derwin James is lined up and they're anticipating that and they sucker you with that, that's going to leave yards probably out on the field. But Derwin James, uh, for what he can do when the Chargers have potentially three safeties out on the field, or if they want to run J.C. Jackson uh, with Michael Davis and then Asante Samuel Jr. and run nickel, and you want to have J.T. Woods as the other safety out there. you I think more so when Miami has the ball than when the Chargers have the ball, you have to kind of look and fill in the blanks with the other personnel. Uh, I, I think... The Chargers have two guys in Davis and Jackson that are big physical corners. I think Sammy will probably live in the nickel. The safeties, I think you have a foil of strengths with the other two players. Uh, I think you have Alohi Gilman, who's a little bit more traditionally of a box guy. He doesn't run particularly well. And then you have JT Woods, who's a lengthy, rangy, uh, typically a center field type player. Can you pick up on any tendencies on how they are trying to accentuate the versatility of Derwin James? If you can't, or if they're using Alohi on the roof, when you would associate Derwin probably being on the roof, then that's where the Chargers really have a chance to, to trap you and start to play some games. So it's interesting that both of these, I, I actually look at both of these teams and I see a significant amount of parallels. Uh, between the uh, potency of the offense, the wide receiver duo, you look at the long-time struggles with the offensive line that you're hoping are fixed, and there's been progress on both fixing. There's young quarterbacks with very different strengths and weaknesses, uh, respectively, on either side of the ball. The defense, you have standout pass rushers. uh, You have depth in the secondary. You have athletic linebackers. These are two teams that I expect will be playing mid-January in the postseason. It's my expectations for both teams. Now, of course, this is a super high leverage game uh, that may come down to wild card seeding, just like it did last year when these teams met late in the year. If Miami doesn't lose the playoff game or lose the game to, to LA last year, if they win that head-to-head, they're going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars instead of going to Buffalo. So they will have beat Baltimore and Los Angeles last year had they won that head-to-head. So there's a lot at stake here. 
which is why I think everybody's kind of on edge and on pins and needles to get the season started, uh, which is probably why some people lost their minds over the depth chart that dropped. And uh, the depth chart came out yesterday, and Liam Eikenberg was listed as the starting left guard. I'll believe it when I see it. In the same way that Mike McDaniel was asked about Teron Armstead and said he was pretty oncommittal, but that Teron was progressing nicely, the Dolphins are going to look for, in a game in which both staffs are kind of flying blind before the start of the season, not tape from this year's iteration of teams, every competitive advantage that you can get. I cannot imagine an evaluation process that leads to Lee Meikenberg being the starting left guard for this football team. There's not one that exists. So until the Dolphins take the field on Sunday afternoon and Lee Meikenberg lines up with the ones, I don't believe it. And I believe it is just setting the Chargers up to have to prepare for both options. And that, in turn, uh, is an attempt at a competitive advantage in the same way that, well, we don't, Tron's progressing well. We don't know if he's going to play or not. Okay. So now you have to prep for Austin Jackson, or you have to, you have to prep for Teron Armstead and Isaiah Wynn. You have to prep for Teron Armstead and Liam Eikenberg. You have to prep for Kendall Lamb and Liam Eikenberg. You have to prep for Kendall Lamb. And Isaiah Wynn, you have to prep for Isaiah Wynn at left guard or left tackle and Liam Eikenberg at left guard. Like there, there's five iterations of just the left side of the offensive line you have to now prepare for because we don't know those two spots. Now, if we take the field and it's Teron Armstead and Liam Eikenberg, I'll take the L. We'll see what happens. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with Crossover Thursday with Locked on Chargers. Looking forward to it. I'm Kyle Krabs. Appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. I'll see you then. Fins up.